Welcome to the New Consciousness Now podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on our New Consciousness Now YouTube channel. Our goal is to be a conduit for the emerging consciousness on the planet and to anchor that consciousness more solidly in the present moment for our listeners. Your hosts are Gail Wolf and Dr. Jay Eaker. Let's get into it. And we're on. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to New Consciousness Now. Mm. New consciousness now. New consciousness now. My name is Gail Wolf. It has been a little while. We didn't. Uh, we didn't record one last week. Well, I forget how to. Was it only been a week? I forget how to. I'll forget how to do this. Mm. Well, I remember how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter of what actually comes out. If it's going to be of any merit or not, I suppose that's the, yeah. That's the, that's the clinch right there. Totally. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we will know soon enough. Sorry, I cut you off there. You're Gail Wolf. I am. I am Gail Wolf. Still today as as yesterday, and I may be tomorrow as well, but that's yet to remain to be seen. And it's my good friend, Dr. Jay Eaker. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. Speaking with you on this beautiful day. Yeah, it does look beautiful there. I thought I would try it outside since I'm not at my office. So yeah, are you? You're in your front yard, aren't you? Mm, I don't know what you'd call it. We have we have yard all the way around our house, so, so I don't know if you call this the front yard or what you'd call this. It's the it's the part of the yard that faces the road, so maybe it's the front yard. Okay, so I, I kind of thought that was I kind of thought that's what that was. That was the side of the house you were on. You mean from memory, like from when you were here, you're thinking? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Like behind, like behind you is the garage, correct? No. In front no? of me is the garage. Oh. What you're seeing there is the house. Ah, okay. And uh, I think you slept in your truck, kind of like over there on, behind, the, behind the house there. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's Back where, in the day. There's there where you came in. There's the I don't know if you can see it, but behind these trees that's the there's the driveway and then anyway. The zone. Yep. Well Cool. What were we gonna talk about today? Well, kinda thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation being as, as white as we are, kinda thought it'd be kinda interesting <laughs> to have a conversation about racism. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yes we'll see yeah yeah it's kind so of a, kind of a big topic these days it's a huge topic these days all of a sudden yeah and you know what's interesting about this it's 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 like um you know it's almost like the 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 temperature on this subject has been getting turned up more and more and more and more uh, right. over time Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it seems like it's came in waves where there's just like, it's a, it's a really hot topic and then it seems to go down and that's a hot one again. And then it go, kind of goes down and. I know, think it kind of comes up. It seems like it comes up, uh, often around election time, I think. Uh, ah, uh, 
I mean, I think maybe it's another one of those things that, you know, they, they like to push all the hot topic buttons, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it's election time and this is definitely a hot topic button. So definitely a hot topic. Right. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, with, uh, the events of George Floyd happening, it definitely brought it to a forefront. Sure. Which ultimately it, it's interesting. And, and there's a, there's a part of me that almost feels like, uh, you know, I, and I truly believe that everyone should have an opinion or gets, gets to have an opinion in this world. But, you know, I've, I've been very much removed uh, from a lot of this stuff for the vast majority of my life. And right. so, you know, I don't really know how valuable my personal opinion would be. Uh, right. You know, I, I, you know, I, I grew up in a white, white, very, very white small town in northwestern Illinois farming community. Mm -hmm. The first time I sat in a classroom next to somebody who wasn't a uh, Caucasian first time you was what? when I went to college. What'd you say? The first time I, the first time I sat in a classroom uh -huh. with somebody who wasn't just totally uh, white sure. was when I went to college. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. First time. Did you, did you I have think, anything like that? I think, well, you know, similarly, I grew up in a fairly small town in Nebraska. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, when I was in fifth grade, I think we like, traveled somewhere i mean still we were in bfe nowhere in the middle of nebraska we traveled to some track meet thing and i think there was like one black kid there that was like the first time that was the first time i'd actually aside from tv of course like laid eyes on on uh, a black person in person i think oh sure 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 <clears throat> I mean, yeah i don't yeah we had a town, we had a town that was about 30 miles away where there was, uh, I think it was probably 20%, maybe 30% of the population was black. And so I, I had seen, um, I'd had seen people who are not white before. Mm. Um, this was before. In fact. So this experience that you have that you went to college now, how does that play into it? Well, it, it just to me, it just illustrates how you know how homogenized my upbringing was. Um, that, that you're saying that was, was like the first time that you. I did have. Yeah, just first time I'd ever sat in a classroom. Mm -hmm. I'd sat in a classroom and been around, <clears throat> um, you know, anyone that wasn't wasn't white sure. like for a, for an extended period. Right. Um, although I did, I did belong to a track team, actually both Tani and I did when we, we did this summer track, uh, summer track, uh, club. Mm -hmm. Gosh, how old was I? I think I was between junior and senior in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Tani, she was, you know, she would have been between, freshman and sophomore in high school, I think. Right. And we belonged to a track club and we were the only white kids mm. on the track club. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, that was pretty cool, actually. Wait a minute. How I, old were you? This was in college? Th- no, this was actually in high school. In this high is in high school. school. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting back, and I'm just now remembering this. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd totally forgotten about this. And um, <clears throat> that, was, that was a lot of fun. And this is, I mean, this is only speaking to my own, um, you know, this, this is purely coming from a, a, a white kid that just never was around it, around anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, wow, they're like, I, I would, I was way more comfortable than I thought I would be being in, being the, being the minority mm-hmm. and being taken in the way that we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and to add a little preface to that comment or to, to add a, some depth to that, um, you know, my grandparents on both sides of my family were very racist. Mm-hmm. Very racist. They tossed it. I know my mom's side of the family, um, <clears throat> they tossed the N-word around like it was, you know, mm. like it was nothing. Right. And so I had all these preconceived notions was there about some, did they have like you say they tossed the n-word around i mean like well there's like animosity somehow towards black folks yes yes yeah, yeah there, there was there was mm-hmm. um you know on a part of this aside from just um you know i don't know where it's where it stemmed from, from? I mean, to me generations just generations of of racism and was it any uh personal experience probably wasn't even any personal experience they'd had they probably hadn't had there was a little bit of personal experience in that actually um my my mom and her brother grew up with their parents in chicago illinois Mm -hmm. during the days of martin luther king jr Mm -hmm. and after he would have a rally, there would be a, there would often be protests or like what we saw recently in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, the protests, uh, there would be looting and there would be violence. They live in the city. They lived in Chicago. Yeah. They grew like up in, in, Chicago. in the city, like not in, in the, the suburbs city. or something like in the city. Okay. No, nope, not the burbs. They were mm-hmm. okay. in the city. Wait yep. a minute. Who is this? This was my mom and her brother and my grandparents. Uh-huh. And so, uh, are you your, know, I, excuse me, are your grandparents, uh, are your mom's grandparents, the folks that, that I know? Probably. Yes. That passed away. They both passed away. Right. They both passed. Yeah. Correct. What were their names? Or if you don't mind, Bob, Bob and Pat. Are these the folks that I met when I was there? Probably. Back in the day, yeah. If you okay. if they were drinking, if they were drinking yes. beer, they were drinking beer. Drinking that would be them. Old Milwaukee, I'm sure. Old Milwaukee, yes. Yes, old Milwaukee. Okay, okay. Wow, those guys lived in Chicago. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. In fact, my grandpa at one point tried to join the KKK. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa, what's his last name? Grandpa Wooden. Wooden. Yes, Grandpa Wooden. Wooden. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to join the KKK. He did. He did. <laughs> he didn't make I, it in? He didn't he didn't get in or what? I 
I don't know. He grew up in Indiana, <laughs> Southern Indiana. Right. And there was a, at some point he had, I don't, I don't know the entire story behind this. I just know that it is something that he tried to do uh-huh. or whatever. And uh, yeah, so that mm-hmm. was, you know, growing up around them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely tainted my perspective of mm. anyone who wasn't white mm. uh, for a long time, mm. for a long time. Did it like unconsciously some of that animosity stuck to you somehow or um, did you have fear I wouldn't of black say, people or an opinion of black people? I would say I had, I had a fear of black people and I wouldn't use the word animosity because to me, animosity takes a level of understanding sure. that there's that there's an experience or there's a thought that that predicates the anger or the dislike, and I I didn't have any direct relational experiences actually at, at any well I I have had some experiences where where I was uh, you know treated differently because of my color in in certain situations uh, later in life, but I hadn't had, you know, for the vast majority of my life, I had no experience to indicate that uh, a a black person was any different than me other than the color of their skin. Right. And, you know, now as we get more refined in our understanding of our, you know, our systematic racism and so forth and, um, you know, you start to find this peel back the layers a little bit and just see where where racism is kind of imbued into mm-hmm. uh thinking and mm-hmm. beliefs and mm-hmm. so on and so forth without really even right. being aware of it systematic right. systematically right so uh um, do you remember like do you remember so yeah that would yeah. when was the first time that you uh i don't know like actually had an interaction with a black person it would have been on that track team mm-hmm. in high school. It would have been on that track team, uh-huh. and yeah. what was interesting was was it was such a it was such a conundrum for me because I remember one time my parents being late picking us up from practice, and there were. Uh, a couple of the other kids that were there and their parents, where are your parents? And we were like, well, they're supposed to be coming to get us or something. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe we were younger than, 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 than I was thinking, but regardless, um, they, we were late getting picked up or, or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're like, well, we're going to wait with you just to make sure you're safe. Mm-hmm. And I remember, Really, because up until that point, I, I felt comfortable. I felt, you know, safe and everything else, but I didn't feel at ease. And that was the first time I really felt at ease being there. And I felt cared for by them. And, and it was really, it was really cool. It was, it was really cool. Well, it changed changed my some of my um, apprehensions. I guess is probably uh-huh. the best way to put it. 
Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. I'd say I think I think the first time I actually had any I mean all this to say like how white we are. <laughs> yeah. <It really laughs> how is. white we it are really and uh I I mean the first I went to college in uh Lincoln, Nebraska and um I think probably certainly that was the first time that I had inter I don't know probably any direct interaction with any black folks and then in fact uh I ended up dating this uh I ended up dating this girl for a long time this young woman for a good four years um uh -huh. who uh she was uh she was half black and half white her 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 mom was black and her dad was white um but um yeah that was that was interesting i mean i really didn't i really didn't i just really liked her you know like i didn't feel like there was any any like i didn't have any concern about it at all in fact i just thought yeah i just i really you know i just really connected with her obviously and that was all there was and we and we were and we dated for a long time but it was a shocker to me when i when i um i had been talking with my parents about this woman that i had been dating and not really mentioning that she that she was black and uh -huh. um and then i one time i brought a picture of her home was really, was that honestly i was like naive like uh, naively i wasn't i was totally okay. naive Okay, and, so you weren't you weren't and, you weren't deliberately omitting that. You were just no, not even thinking about it. it wasn't even on no, your radar. I wasn't even thinking about it. I there just really yeah. assumed that my parents would be like, "Oh, well, if if you know if I like her, then I assumed my parents would be wouldn't be an issue at all." I mean, my mom, I don't know, she she's like worked at the college and at the community college in Norfolk, our hometown, and uh, she. I always felt like my mom was like really um open to just you know what was someone people who were different than us in whatever way uh, yeah i just i didn't think there was going to be any issue whatsoever but my mom saw this picture and she was like is this her you know and i was like yeah you know and then all of a sudden it, it became a thing for sure my parents were afraid they like came up with all sorts of all the time all sorts of reasons like well you know what if you guys get married and have kids like it would be hard on those kids just like oh wait a minute mom i'm just like I, we're dating like you know uh I, we don't have plans just yet to have kids like what why are you you know what's the deal and it just um yeah uh it was just a total shocker to me that it was like, yeah, I could see that they were, they were scared. Yeah. They were scared. They were scared. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, obviously like I was going to say, would I call them racist? I don't know. I mean, pro I mean, I guess you can call, call that racist if you have a, a prejudice and you know, even if it's unconscious and we all have probably, I have these unconscious um, prejudices uh whether you know that i don't even know about then that makes me racist um on some level but uh you know it was just like in their dna kind of like they just were scared because she was black 
Sure. Uh, well, and I was totally, I mean, totally shocked and totally hurt. And um, uh, I sort of since then I've had conversations with my mom. Like I was like, listen, you guys are racist, <laughs> you know? And my dad would, <laughs> my dad would be like, no, you know, even though my dad was like saying things like, yeah, I think just black people and white people shouldn't, shouldn't be together. Uh, he would say things like, uh, starlings don't, don't mate with sparrows. <laughs> oh, no. He had some sort of like, uh, sure. You know, just on, he always related everything to sort of like animals and stuff he'd seen on the farm. And, sure. and so these two sure. kinds of birds just don't, shouldn't, shouldn't get together, you know, and that's kind of how, it, how it made sense to him. Uh, or how he his did you did you happen unconscious to... racism kind of bubbled to the surface and that's how he made sense of it in his mind um you know there's <laughs> just this thing in him that said up oh, that just shouldn't be you know i don't think he even knew why my my and but that's how it bubbled to the surface did, did, did you ever bring up then well how did the labradoodle come into being <laughs> or, <laughs> have you looked at have you looked at some right. of the breeding practices of our farm like, yeah right. have you noticed how we That's breed true. different cattle together to create better races of cattle. Uh, of, of all places, That's that true, would I, be I mean, the case. The farm, it's like farmers in the farm industry is always trying to, trying to intermingle different traits mm -hmm. for genetic, um, mm -hmm. you know, benefit or strength. Yeah. Well, I think I was just so, so taken aback that yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't try yeah, to reason sure. with him on the level of. I'm sure on the level of, a level of animal husbandry i'm sure yeah i'm, I'm sure <laughs> <Animal> husbandry. <laughs> that terminology uh, that term still makes me crack up and it was oh, quite a, a rift between me and my parents there for a long for a long time uh yeah so i guess that's <laughs> some of my and i was in this fraternity in lincoln there uh -huh. and like this this woman like she she got no respect um uh, she got no respect i mean she was beautiful she was super friggin smart which uh, which one was this a friend of yours or this You're woman still, that i was dating same girlfriend okay gotcha yeah gotcha same girlfriend that i was dating then and she's beautiful she was super smart uh and like she got no respect from these people in my fraternity because she was black uh really yeah so just interesting to sort of think back on that how naive i was and sort of yeah i got to see sort of this sort of inborn uh fear and sort of separation that's just like in our in the in their dna like conditioned you know in our yeah in our it's like in our condition we don't even know in our conditioning we don't even know where where it comes from you know you know what's interesting about that is um <clears throat> and this is going to be very controversial what i'm about to say but it is one of the things out there is is that racism is taught and i totally agree with that i wholeheartedly agree that racism is taught but there, there is also a genetic piece in our dna that is in there uh and this this is information that has come through in my channelings more than once 
<clears throat> in fact, three or four times, I want to say, where there is a genetic piece in our DNA that was put in there by <clears throat> the different alien races that were wanting to do experiments on the human population. And one of the ways to keep an experiment or to keep uh, a human populace like a, a race in its own segment without intermingling was to create a division in the DNA to where one would not feel comfortable interbreeding or being with the other. And this was something that was programmed into our DNA deliberately uh, by these alien races. And so, Hey Gail, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was sort of missing some of that. The, the, microphone was going uh, i was getting robotic on me could you i'm sorry could you say that again i wasn't quite yeah grasping your yeah that um that during during the earlier days when when there were experiments going on on the human population of like say caucasians or african-americans or asians or like uh chinese or or indian or uh native american just the different races were, were all a bit of a, an experiment by the alien races. Well, you're talking way back. Way, way back. And that it was genetically programmed into our DNA that, we, that you stay with your own genetic lineage, your own genetic race, mm -hmm. as a way to keep the experiments clean and clear. This is information just, that you've channeled or that you just read yeah. about? Or Mm -hmm. it, it's information that I've channeled and um, yeah. And so the other, the other attribute of this, which is significant for this current time is that they've, they've done this in other planets of free choice where mm -hmm. there've been different races involved on the planet all at the same time they, they they put that into the dna to keep the races separate hmm. well then why do they when, do that when there becomes enough to keep, keep them to keep the experiments to keep the experiments autonomous it's like they want to see how like uh i don't know how how a caucasian race does just growing and evolving in their own how it does compared to like um uh like a native american are you race. saying like these are like the uh, beings that sort of that they that uh, created us then yeah okay yeah, like our okay DNA, they like, were creating us manipulated manipulated our dna mm -hmm. yeah they like they manipulated our dna to mm -hmm. have these dividing points or these divisions mm -hmm. within it mm -hmm. and and this was to keep keep us keep our experiments keep us as an experiment autonomous mm -hmm. and not not intermingling. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you have a collective consciousness or a will of unity that happens on a planet, whenever you've evolved into that that point of consciousness, you begin having lines that get crossed over, where you start interbreeding and start having more of a mixture more of a homogenization process begins and that is 
that's an indication that that consciousness is being ascended and that you're, you're growing in unity consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's one of, one of the, one of the indicators that uh, a planet is ready to evolve mm-hmm. and that's where we're at. And that's where we've mm-hmm. been because right. we've been going through this for some time now and right. we will for a while until it's just not there anymore. That's yeah. I wonder how long that will take. So there's, but... yeah, I don't know, but, but my, my point here is, is that there are genetic, uh, there are genetic programs within our DNA that mm-hmm. do uh, that are there to help keep us or to try to keep us <laughs> separate. Interesting. And I, oh. you know, there's a little question in my mind that, that there are those out there that would say I was racist for saying that. Um, but here's another piece to this too, is I, I lived in Oakland, California for a while mm-hmm. and I, I love Oakland. Oakland is, I I love that town. I love that town. And I'll tell you why it's because it's, there are so many different ethnicities there and they all live with each other and, and, and work it out. There are differences. There are differences in economic income. There are differences in uh, race, color, language, on and on and on. And in Oakland, that's a town where people roll their sleeves up and they get down to business and let's, let's figure this out. Like let's, let's work this out. Let's figure it out. They hit the streets and they, and they, they, they do stuff about things mm-hmm. that, you know, um, Oh, what was my point with that? Um, you liked Oakland because of that. You said I liked, I liked Oakland because of that. And that, experience of a, living is that predominant is there like where you lived in oakland was it just all races all colors or mostly yes uh-huh. in fact um i remember one apartment that i lived in there were houses across the street and there were four houses on the block four or five actually that were on the block across the street from where i lived and in one house there were two asian families in the next house, there were uh, there was an African American family. In another house, there was a mix between uh, some Caucasians and some Mexicans. And then um, I don't remember what the other house was, but I remember there were three houses in a row that had a different ethnicity living in each house. And I remember seeing that was like that is awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing that. Right. And is there any, uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I know I was going to say now, one of the things that I, that I noticed there is there were certain conversations that you just couldn't have because people were too worried about how, how you spoke Mm -hmm. and like, you couldn't even, couldn't even have a real dialogue about certain things because, um, you know, at, at some point you're saying something that offends someone and you ended up tiptoeing around almost too much and couldn't say you know, as far as race goes, as far as race goes. Yeah. Where you couldn't end up saying what needed to be said in order to get a point across. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
that that part was something that I ran into quite a bit and um, where I didn't really realize what was, you know, I guess I really found out where my, my ignorance was mm. is probably the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, um, you know, what you were saying about this, information that you may have channeled at some point around way back when uh like is there anything around you know you say that they sort of programmed it in us just to be separate uh on that basis but uh anything that that you've heard i mean look why you know it seems like how did how did there get to be this sort of um, prejudiced, prejudice and bias between white skin and darker skin? I mean, it seems like the darker people get, the more, um, you know, the more there is a potential for racism. How did it? Yeah. I mean, there, and, is it as like, why yeah. white good, black bad? Like, what is it? What is that? I how did that happen? Don't know entirely. Uh, I actually had in a channeling two weeks ago, I actually had someone ask that question uh, or a very similar question. And the answer was really surprising to me. Um, is that we right now, we are the, we are aware of about three to 4% of our actual history on planet earth of the races that have lived here the rate and uh, the dynamics that have existed and uh, just the events that have occurred mm-hmm. and that there is, as we know, earth has been and humanity has been in a karmic cycle where karma is constantly working things out. And this is something that's, Karma has dissolved at this point, but it has been the predominant system on the planet to help us work through 3D. Mm. And that there are, there are lots of things that exist now on our planet that are karmic. That there are no victims, that there are no perpetrators, and that any any race, any person, any subset of a population that is being tread upon right now at some point was treading upon those who are treading upon them. Mm. And that one really surprised me. And so that is to say that at some point, the white folks were getting trounced on by the black ones. Mm. That it's like, we don't know our whole history. The, the anthropologists take great stabs at things, but they don't really know. There's a time when there, it was the other way around. There's a time when it was the other way around. And there's so much that's buried in the bottom of the ocean that mm-hmm. we can't see and don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, oceans cover the majority of the earth. And there's, there are a lot of things buried down there that we don't know about. And so... It's like, you know, anything that's ever happened, like, like right now, the, the, 
you know, the differences between men and women and, and the sexism and so forth, that there have been societies and there have been times on the planet where women have been in charge and treated men horribly, mm-hmm. doing experiments on us and doing different, just different things. Mm-hmm. And I know so much of what I've said in this podcast goes against contemporary thought and belief. Um, but it's, it's what keeps coming through Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I, I don't doubt it. Mm -hmm. I do believe that things balance themselves out and we're at a huge balancing point right now. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, uh, I thought so too. uh, Whether it's that or it just kind of makes me think of, you know, if you believe in past lives, if you believe in that sort of thing that, you know, they say we've, you know, you've been, you've had thousands of lives and you've experienced, experienced it all, you know, been male, been female, been probably various races and, um, makes me think of that too. Yeah. Whether it happened on this planet or whether it's, uh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's really the thing. It's like, you know, right now you and I are, are white. Mm-hmm. We are white. Maybe I should take one of those, uh, DNA. <laughs> 23, 23 and me, and me those DNA tests. But we weren't always. Mm-hmm. We weren't always. I remember lifetimes in Africa. I remember lifetimes in Australia. I remember lo- mm-hmm. lifetimes in Mongolia. I remember mm-hmm. lifetimes in all kinds of places that I know I wasn't white. In fact, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen flashes of what I've looked like in other lifetimes, and I was very much not white. <laughs> mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I, I can't say that I've had uh, you know memories of past lives or anything like that. So. But I think if you'd had a vivid sort of, if you've had vivid enough memories of past lives where you were, where you were, you know, <clears throat> where you were a different color, I think that I would think that might be, might influence a person's, yeah. uh, influence a person as far as the race issue these days. Yeah. Do you feel like that has I don't know, changed your opinion somehow or influenced you? Well, yes and no. I mean, as much as past lives are great as far as um, being able to have help with perspective, you know, the most predominant perspectives that most people have are the ones that, that came to them from their families that they were born into in this life. And, you know, we go through, you know, we, we get, we get trained, you know, from zero to seven years old, you know, and, and, and onward, but those zero to seven years, years of age, it's like you really get programmed sure. hardcore by who you, who you grew up with. Right. And, you know, we spend the majority of our lives, um, working through that mindset, whatever it may be, either accepting it, not accepting it, trying to change mm-hmm. it, or being completely ignorant of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, 
so I don't know if it's helped change me at all. I, I know that I, um, I have a strong desire to not um, judge anyone or see anybody as mm-hmm. being above or below. I, but I also don't believe it's, it's a good thing to just to not see color. I think it's beautiful that we're different. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm white. I love it. Mm-hmm. Why should I not? I see people on, online right now, they're saying, I'm, I'm so ashamed of being white. Oh, that's disgusting. Why, what does that solve? If someone is, if you, if you say, I don't want to be white anymore, that's disgusting. Deal with your shame, mm. whatever that is, face it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and learn to love yourself. I love that I'm white. And I think it's, and I think anyone that's born, however they are born should love how they are mm-hmm. to, to not love who we are is, is not solving or helping anything at all. It doesn't. Loving who we are and even loving our thoughts are, is the one thing that we can, that changes them the quickest. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that, that there are different colored people on this planet. I love that there are different opinions on this planet. I love all of these things. I think it's fascinating. I think it's what makes it interesting. <clears throat> Yep. You are white. <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. We're pretty white. It's true. We're pretty white. I, yeah. uh, I think, you know, like experience always, I mean, like, I'm so glad that I got, you know, I went to Lincoln and then I went to Minneapolis to go to chiropractic school. And then when I was in chiropractic school, I went to places like India and Peru and, uh, you know, just like getting out of your bubble certainly changes your perspective my wife you know she lived in boston and you know and uh, went to school in different places and you know definitely was you know rubbing up against all sorts of races all mixed together and but i can't you know i really haven't had that experience it's like growing up uh Mm. pretty separated maybe in college you know and but then here i am in boulder colorado and back to being pretty uh pretty one-sided there's not you know just you don't run into yeah i mean there's black people here but um just it's largely white so i don't i'm not sure what my point was with that yeah yeah well i um I can kind of, I can speak to that a little bit. I, you know, I'm living in the Midwest right now in a small town in Illinois and it's, it's totally white here. There might be one or two, or I don't know, there's just a handful of black people in town now, which there weren't before, but, um, you know, I, I lived in Mexico before I was here. I lived in Encinitas, California before I was there and I lived in Oakland before there. Mm-hmm. Encinitas was totally white, mm-hmm. um, was just north of San Diego. Um, but living in Mexico, I was around Mexican people all the time. And I was in uh, Oakland, obviously, I was around all kinds of different people at that time. I loved the diversity. Um, but one thing I did notice 
that that actually broke my heart a little bit and it still bothers me is I remember being in Mexico and being treated differently because I was white mm. and, it, and it wasn't, it, it, you know, I could, I would go into a different store and I would fumble through the Spanish and, and try to do my best. And, and which to me was better than just speaking English and trying to expect them to understand what I was saying mm-hmm. to me. That's the, the, that that bugs me as much as anything else that right. that type of expectation um but i would do my best to speak spanish and 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 um do that mm-hmm. and i could feel like there was a sense of of that i either didn't belong there or they didn't like me right. or there was like i could just feel that you're and it bothered me gringo. i was a total gringo and i was and I was just like, I love being there. I love being around the, mm-hmm. the Mexican culture and seeing how like their traditions and how excited they would get about soccer mm-hmm. and uh, the different foods that they would cook and eat mm-hmm. and how they did family and how their, their whole, they'd have whole families, like grandparents and everyone living in one house. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. And, and, um, and I really wanted to mesh myself in it more, but couldn't because, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was the gringo right. and um, I wasn't there long enough to really get too yeah. much deeper into it. Right. Um, but definitely felt a similar pressure at times mm-hmm. when I was in Oakland. Um, but now I definitely being here, I miss that, that the variety of culture. I really mm-hmm. do. I miss mm-hmm. being around um, people who aren't white. Right. Yeah. I wish I had, uh, paid more attention to it or uh, as when I had opportunities, I mean, not that I don't have opportunities now. I mean, I guess I could do it now, but to get involved in, um, different cultures, but, uh, uh, you know, especially when I was in college or chiropractic school, uh, yeah, when I was a freewheeling kid, yeah. would have been good yep. to experience to experience more of it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, well we've uh, got I think about twenty five minutes left or so. Right. Um. Anything else you want to throw in there uh, before we? Uh, shift gears a little bit well i think it's probably time to do that thing so all right we just better do it i'll drop in and see see what comes forward drop in do a little channeling (sighs) greetings Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for this opportunity to speak with you all. We are, I am trying to give him a name, which is brain 
just not able to process the sounds of what I'm trying to give him. So we will keep working on this at another time, perhaps when his mind is in a different state to give him this name we want him to have. Suffice to say, you have heard from me before. More inadequately labeled as the Lizard King, I am of the benevolent reptilian race that was here prior to humanity, prior to the time when your kind walked the planet. We were here before any social or experimentation came to being or came to life. We were here when the potentiality and the potentials of Earth were very limited. However, our time on this planet was more to establish a level of harmony as the first layer of consciousness to live and exist upon this planet. However, since our departure, we have been observing many things and watched you all as you've moved through the highs, through the lows, through the separations, the segregations, and the comings together and marvel at what you have done and what you have created for yourselves. And we marvel at what you've chosen to create for yourselves. I'm here once again to connect with you all and give you good tidings on what you have done and what you are doing and to shed a little light on a few of the things that you have been discussing. Again, I am here to say that I have not lived or experienced through what you have lived through and are experiencing now. I have not done that. I have only observed. And therefore, since I have only observed, I have the bias of my own state of consciousness with which I refer all of my observations. And as I see you now, as I see the two men who are sitting here, and as I see those who are on the planet at this time, I see a lot of challenge, a lot of curiosity, a lot of questioning, and a lot of effort towards unity. That's what this message is actually about, is about unity. This one here who speaks, 
speaks bravely about things that scare him. He understands how ignorant he is about so many things and is willing to still speak, knowing one day he will likely be judged for what he says. He's still willing to say it. And this is something that's needed at this time, a time when so many are afraid to offer their opinions and say what's really on their mind for fear of being labeled as a this or as a that. And in truth, it is the labeling that has caused the greatest distortions throughout your human history. It is true. There have been cultures and there have been times when all civilizations, when all societies have been subjugated to torture, to pain, to slavery, to capture, to being hunted by other races. And all other manner of atrocities. There are no innocent souls on this planet. That is to say, every soul has gone through the darkness and through the light. In your essence, of course, you are innocent because of your foundations of the essence of your soul and also the foundations of what we planted on this planet before humanity took up residence. And so we came to speak of unity, but first we must speak of how unity occurs. Many are looking for unity among the masses looking for unity among those who deem themselves as different from one another. And this is where most humans are occupying their thoughts and their concerns. While this is noble and seems to make the most sense, we would like to offer some advice over the things that we have observed over time is that unity begins in the individual. Unity begins within the thoughts, within the intentions, within the words, and within the acceptance of these thoughts, actions, and words of the individual. Loving the self, loving who you are entirely, looking at yourself, taking stock of yourselves, looking deeply, looking honestly into who you are and what your thoughts are is the first step towards unity. The greatest 
cause of separation or disunity to be ununited is to be ununited with yourself. When you are ununited with yourself, you do not understand yourself. And in truth, you fear yourself. You fear who you are. You fear your own thoughts. You fear your actions. And you do not know that you can rely upon yourself or that you even should rely upon yourself. So the greatest fear that truly exists in all of this is the fear of yourselves and how you've come to believe that you yourselves are unpredictable and you do not know what to expect. And you take this fear, this unpredictability, and you apply it to an image that you see in a mirror and you begin to identify with it and you begin to see yourself as the segregated, differentiated, unique and separate being who cannot rely upon itself. And you take your eyes from the mirror and bring it to a computer screen or a television screen or looking out the window and you see other individual separate beings who look different from you. And in your own recognition processes that happen within the subconsciousness of your brains and in your minds, you see this difference and you see greater cause for separation. And greater cause for separation is greater cause for misunderstanding and fear. Therefore, eventually, the inevitable thought process begins and the belief systems begin that they are not like me I do not trust me, but they are less like me than I am. I trust them less than I even trust myself. And so the patterning begins. Understand that there is truth in that not all of this is learned. There are elements of this that are in the wiring of your mind and in the wiring of your DNA. You have within you a recognition system that recognizes similarity based in a 3D reality. A 3D reality is one where things are separate because of the causality between the 3D reality and the programming of your DNA and your subconsciousness, you are programmed to see differences rather than unity. This is one of the things that is removing itself from your reality. You see, 
this separate observation or observation of that which is separate is a frequency and is a homogenization with a dimensional reality. Therefore, when you shift the dimensional reality, you also shift the causality of that which makes you see difference and separation. Where you find yourselves now is at the juxtaposition of shift and change. This shift and change is where you are essentially in 5D or a hydration causality is not in existence, but yet you are surrounded by thoughts and ideas and notions and others who are in 3D. This is a great time of purging of this type of vibration, this type of thought, this type of seeing, this type of causality. It is coming to the surface to be released, which brings us full circle back to unity with yourself. Observing what fears you have about who you are, observing what fears you have about what you say, observing what fears you have about what you do, observing what fears you have over being accepted by yourself will help to unify who you are. Acceptance of the self is perhaps one of the greatest challenges that you find in 3D. However, in 5D, it is absolutely implicit. As 5D emerges more and more prevalently within your realities, you will find self-acceptance and self-love becomes easier and easier and easier. This is not necessarily an easy process though. Getting there takes self-observation and takes presence to that which would be deemed uncomfortable or sometimes inconvenient. We offer these simple tools. We offer these simple ideas to help you have some perspective over where you are at and what you are currently dealing with. And we also wish to bring this up for another reason. There are so many of you who are so hard on yourselves for how you think for how you believe and how you speak. And you are equally as hard on those around you for how they think and how they speak and how they are. We bring up some of these things today so you can let yourselves off the hook a little bit. 
understanding that there has been programming and there has been there have been systems in place that have created these types of thoughts within you will help you to understand and help you to forgive yourselves. Give yourselves a break. Do not harshly judge yourselves for how you think or how you are. Simply intend to be able to be with it. Simply intend to be with yourselves. That intention alone will move you with far greater efficiency through the ups and downs of this time. Are there any questions that you would like to ask at this time? Yes, but uh, <clears throat> unfortunately we're kind of running out of time. So I think we might have to end it. If there's anything that you have to say uh, briefly to close, then, then that would be cool. If not, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We will honor you. We will honor your day. Thank you very much for allowing me to come through allowing this message to be known. Many blessings to you, and we will see you again soon. that dude sounds like the uh, mr rogers of uh, channeled beings <laughs> <laughs> sounds very kind very kind oh i just like oh my gosh this is like that guy is like he's just the sweetest most benevolent <laughs> loving like <laughs> being uh, oh, i love that guy uh, <laughs> he's he's trying to he was trying to tell me his name like right out of the right off the bat it's uh, regard it's like it it, it it it's 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 about that long mm. <laughs> and it begins with a g and there's a number of g's in the name uh, -huh. uh and it i'm not sure what it is yet it's they keep trying to say it over and over and i'm like uh i, I don't know whatever Maybe that's I need the, to... the lizard king the lizard king yeah and he's um <laughs> yeah that's great it's, so here's here's an interesting piece and I'll, I'll even say this while we're being recorded was that at the very end he was showing because i was asking like why why does because this is the only place that he has shown up is is when we're doing these uh these channelings they're like when i'm mm -hmm. with you mm-hmm you and I were a part of that benevolent race. 
like you're you're in the mix brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) because it's the only time he comes through is when we're doing this Mm. he hasn't come through in any other any Mm -hmm. other channelings that i've done so Mm -hmm. did Um, they show you that 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 you are part of that yeah he showed me that Uh in like the last 30 seconds that he was he was talking he was Mm. While he was talking, he was giving me images, actually, of kind of like what the planet looked like, but mm. but that we were very much uh, here during that time. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. pretty cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for so, bringing him through. Yeah, thanks for thanks for helping to create the stage. Right. Well, that cool. was uh, that was our new consciousness now. Um, yeah broadcast on racism and benevolent <laughs> <laughs> benevolent so, reptilian races inter- interesting mixture of uh yeah information <laughs> yeah quite quite a, a very sure. a very uh a, a, a homogenous blend of information yes <laughs> yep. scale thank you Thanks. jay Thanks everybody for uh, watching. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Yeah. This has been new content now. We'll see you next time. See you next time. This has been the New Consciousness Now podcast with hosts Gail Wolf and Dr. Jay Eaker. This episode originally aired as a video on our New Consciousness Now YouTube channel. Dr. Jay can be found at biosoulintegration.com and any of the social media platforms. Gail Wolf can be found at gailwolf.com. That's G-A-L-E-W-U-L-F.com. Look for him also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.